0: Thank you for tuning in to Spiritual Debriefing, a podcast sponsored by First Baptist Church Hawassi, with tonight's hosts Daniel Meadows, Derek Fisher, Jed Harris, and Ray Taggart, and our special guest, Mike Taylor.
1: Welcome to Spiritual Debriefing. I am back. Daniel Meadows here with you. Uh, with me around the table tonight is... I'm Mike Taylor. Uh was
2: here the first podcast, the premiere podcast, and excited to be back.
3: Good to have you, Mike. I'm Jed. Hey, Jed. Hey, Jed. Hey.
4: Yeah, I'm Derek. I'm back. <laughs> and Derek? Up, is
3: Derek. <laughs>
0: How's it going? And then, uh, of course, Ray, I'm here as well, and uh, we're working on some new equipment tonight. So, if it sounds different or sounds weird, uh, we're going to blame that.
1: And there you go. Hey, and we are missing uh, Randy. He is not with us tonight. Um,
0: yeah, he's got the wrestling. He's
1: got some wrestling to do or something mm-hmm. like that. So um, Daughter's wrestling. Daughter's wrestling, yeah. How yep. was your Christmas? It's good.
4: What'd you do? Went to North Carolina. Drive, fly? Drove. Drove.
1: Yeah. The long, like a man, I, how long, <laughs> I did how long of, like a man, <laughs> how long of a drive is that? nonstop? 18 hours.
3: Cause you, he come home. You stopped right hours. on the way
4: there. Well, on the way there, we stopped at my wife's uncle's house in Tennessee, spent the night there and then continued on to North Carolina. There you go. But on the way back, you drove straight I through drove straight through. <laughs> I wanted to sleep in my own bed so bad. Yeah. We all did, <clears throat> but it was a good trip. Went out there to see my dad in North Carolina. Um, helped him build some fens for his cows. Uh, had a couple of days where we didn't do anything. <laughs> that was good. Good but weather? It was cold. Yeah, because you you, know, you guys got the cold front. Yeah, that's right. Here. Yeah. And then that went out to North Carolina, but it didn't get as cold
0: over there like it did here. It had been warmed up a bit by the time it got to
4: you. Yeah, Yeah, it was like 30 degrees. It wasn't, like zero. Zero. It, wasn't, it wasn't like zero.
1: It wasn't like zero. It wasn't zero. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it was a good trip. We had a great time. Good. What about you? It was a good. Um, we were supposed to host Christmas this year, mm. uh, Pipes Busted Christmas Eve. So those plans changed. And in the middle of cleaning up from the Pipes Busting, got asked to preach the Christmas service. Mm-hmm. So that I was, heard about that. Yeah. That was, uh, in my 12 years of ministry, that's the second time I've ever preached a service for Christmas. Oh, that's cool. First time ever on Christmas Day itself. So nice. that's kind of a neat neat experience. But yeah. it was a good time. Did you good have fun? Time. Yeah. yeah. And then went down to Fateville to Taylor's parents' house. All right. Excellent.
0: Yeah. yeah. What'd Sorry you do, I missed yeah, that. What about you, Ray? Um, you do? I laid in bed with about a hundred and one degree fever. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hmm Right. Well, hey, that's what I did. We're glad you're better, though.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm better now. Um, then, you know, my daughter caught it after that, and then my wife caught it after that, and so she's still recovering. But uh, yeah, our Christmas through New Year's was spent holed up at home, trying not to die. So it was your fault. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> we blamed it on uh, all the kids from the Christmas play. But you know, oh, yeah. You that's why we
4: all been sick. This
1: yeah. This, this year, winter. Just, it just. Just going back and I don't. Yeah.
0: Yep. That that Not me. Nasty
1: Not flu Mike. and
0: that new Rona. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Not Mike. <laughs> Not me. That's good. Yeah. Mike, how was your Christmas?
2: Eventful. Yeah. Um, Christmas morning, we uh, took my wife to the emergency room where uh, she was diagnosed with a mini stroke, and so we spent three days in the hospital. Uh, fortunately, we already had. Uh, family time we already spent some time with the kids beforehand so we did have our Christmas Uh, but it was an experience Uh, but we made it through she's doing better yeah she's doing okay she's She's still doing some therapy and we've got some new medicine that we're going on so hopefully that'll work out and uh, in the long run like I told her on the way to uh, the emergency room when she was so upset, I said, look, God's in control. We don't have any control over this anyway, so we just have to kind of deal with it and just kind of go with it. And we know that if he's got a plan, we'll just follow that. So kind of comforted, her, I think.
1: And she was here Sunday, so that was good. Yep, she's doing a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Good,
3: good. Judd, what about you? you have a good Christmas? I had a good Christmas. We stayed here local and just we Christmas Eve hit my parents' house and then we... Had ours at the house and went to other family members throughout the day and just visited and just had a good time.
4: Wasn't go. like a time schedule. No. Like 15 minutes here and then <laughs> no, it 10 was. minutes there. It,
3: it, 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 it was really good. It wasn't That's one good. of those where you had to be here and there and you had to eat three meals and then right. one more in and, and an hour. No. Yeah. Yeah. Like and
1: that. you had to have grandma's pie at the end because she'd be yeah. mad if you didn't. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it was it all good. It wasn't like Thanksgiving where you got to hit everybody's house in one day for... No. <laughs> it's good.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. We did, we did the time. one thing that I... Said I despise doing and did a lock-in <laughs> on New Year's Eve. Yeah, that was fun. That was, a, that was a, a long night. It was fun. It was a good time. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, were bummed we was, couldn't come up for
0: the uh, NERF site. Randy yeah. Randy texted us, said, NERF wars mm-hmm. are starting. Get up here. Oh, I was it like, is. Eh, kids are still sick. Wife's sick. I, wanna, I don't want to bring that in here.
1: It was, it was a good time. I was telling
2: Daniel, I thought the NERF wars must have been really exciting because uh, on my walk, uh, six miles from the uh, church, uh, I found a bunch of uh, Nerf uh, bullets all <laughs> over the side of the road. I'm thinking these kids really got out of hand. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we went <laughs> <Yeah>. all out. <laughs> we did. It was a
1: lot of it was, fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, we played inside the church, though. So mm-hmm. it was it was a good time.
4: The kids had fun. The adults had fun. Yeah. Came with all our tack equipment. <laughs> yeah, we, we were did. all <laughs> tactical. <laughs> Is <laughs> nice good, night it was a vision good goggles and everything? Uh, good. Not, not quite. Not, not that quite. extreme. He but we did have strobe a strobe light. A nice. Yeah, we did. Nice.
1: We we mm-hmm. might go night vision next time.
4: And I brought my old bulletproof vest and then put all the darts <laughs> in there <and> Nice. <laughs> it was <awesome>. loaded up. <laughs> it was,
1: it was a good time. It was good. It was fun. Yeah, there was a lot of kids there. There were. Uh-huh. Um I don't even off top of the head. I mean, it was in the teens, I think. Something like that. Yeah, I
4: thought it was like 16 or something, wasn't some, it? Yeah, something like that. I well, don't um, don't really
1: matter, but it was good. But, I mean, it was a good time. Good time. Excellent. A lot of pizza. Yeah. Yeah, you had a lot of <laughs> a pizza. A lot of pizza. Um, <laughs> oh, I only yeah. stayed till like 1, and I'm like, I can't. Yeah, but then you came back up and cooked breakfast for mm-hmm. us in the morning, so that was yeah. nice. Mm-hmm. Jed came up. Yep. yep. So cooked, some cooked some breakfast. Yeah. Cooked some breakfast and... Excellent. Trying not to fall asleep. Right. (laughs) Oh, Wyatt was sleeping
0: (laughs) during service. Yeah,
1: I, uh, yeah, next time it's, yeah. Never again on a Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, you don't want <laughs> to run
0: right into a Sunday. Maybe I, do it Friday night, so you well, get a little recovery time. We'll yeah. always, yeah, always Friday have night. a
1: rule. <laughs> Luckily, it's going to be a few years before New Year's Eve falls on a Saturday night again. You know. And, yeah. But always have a rule that if we do a lock-in on Saturday night, you have to tra- stay for church on Sunday. Like you can't just come for the fun. You've got to stay for the biblical teaching too. And so, when you start at seven thirty in the evening. And they have to stay till twelve thirty the next afternoon. Or I don't think they're getting any biblical out. teaching. I don't, <laughs> think, I don't I think. I will tell it, you that right now they are I
4: sleeping. I don't in think the pews. It, Yeah, I don't think it happens. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's
1: okay living there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll adjust some things for
4: next time. Yeah, Wyatt's um, head was getting heavier and heavier. <laughs> <I'm> like, oh, <laughs> <is." laughs>
1: T- Taylor had the idea, and and I kind of liked it. Um, it's a good segue into what we're going to talk about was that. Each parent that has a student in the youth group has to do four hours per student at mm-hmm. the next lock-in.
0: Mm-hmm. Make
1: all the parents come. Yeah. You'll and just you have know, less kids. Can, yeah, cons- you have less kids. I'm just going to tell you that. Yeah. Yeah. Considering that I don't have any kids at all, <laughs> I'll just stay home. <laughs> But you're the youth pastor. I thought thought Uh, they're all your kids. They they? are. They are all my kids. I adopt them in. I'm glad I'm an empty nester. (laughs) (laughs) Jed's got three, so that's... (laughs) It's
3: getting close. They're not going to be that many. (laughs) Uh,
1: What, after this year it'll be two? Be two. So then just eight hours is all he'd have to give. Gotcha. And then Lisa would have to do eight hours as well. So,
3: you know, there you go. I was lucky to do what I did. Yeah. yeah.
1: Hey. And it was much appreciated. <laughs> much appreciated. If so, you
3: really truly knew how miserable I was. <laughs> <laughs> Were so, you sick? Yeah, I guess. Well, you know, I went to the hospital the next night. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I'd been fighting that for three days before. So, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or mm-hmm. right, i stayed with you all night, so, Daniel. No, I, you know, I, <laughs> I appreciate you. I yeah. couldn't. Do it. I was going to.
1: I barely could do it. <laughs> I, I did fine up until I don't know, it was probably five thirty-six in the morning. Was when I finally hit, and that's you know, I mean, I was doing everything I could to stay awake. Cleaning and oh, you should have seen how happy he mean, was it, when I pulled like I said, in. <laughs> he come
3: running out of the doors. I got coffee. I was like, Ted's here. Hey, Jed, coffee, <laughs> coffee."
1: <laughs> so nice. Um, yeah. So one thing that's been on my mind lately, um, and y'all know the struggles that we've had um, of having kids, but I've often wondered. Um, I know I know it from the youth pastor standpoint, but as a parent, talk to us about raising children. How do you raise children?
4: Well, I think what we're going to do on this podcast, too, is going to be like, this is going to be split up between like four parts, I believe. Because I think I'd like to bring in parents that come from different aspects of life.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Ones that that are, you know, like Mike, that has all F. his F. kids Mesters. growing. He's, yeah. He's got then, the most experience of all of us. Oh, yeah, he does. <laughs> That's why we brought him. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, somebody that has kids now, teenagers, uh, ones that have younger kids, and and really break that down. I mean, we really got to break that down into different stages of childhood where what do we do when we first have the child? You know, when do we start that? Is it, you know, is it, do we start doing this stuff between, you know, one and five or one and eight and then you go to like, you know, nine to 12 and <clears throat> like my two kids now, I mean, I got a 17 year old and a, uh, well, he would be 13 tomorrow. So Man. 17 year old daughter and then why it'll be 13 tomorrow. So two teens, <laughs> two teens. Wow. Yeah. they are in trouble. Oh yeah. So that's why I wanted to do this too. We all, we all did. Because well, there's a lot of us that are dealing with teenagers right now, and we need all the help we can get. Yep. Um, because every child's different, Absolutely. every parent's different.
2: Absolutely. Um, just real briefly, I have uh, helped sup- raise 10 children um, from different backgrounds, from uh, as a result of divorce, eight children with one and one marriage, two with another. So blending together my biological children with my stepchildren, um, and how all that worked. We have a special needs child that we adopted. Um, we have boys, we have girls, um, and there is definitely not an owner's manual. There's not a, no, there's just not (laughs) a, you know, we, we, we got our scriptures to be able to kind of fall back on, but, um, Sometimes they don't come uh, readily available in your head uh, when you're dealing with situations with your kids uh, because they come up with some pretty unique problems and (laughs) situations that uh, catch you off guard. And uh, so I think that's kind of what Derek was talking about, that whole range of um, development for those children. Mm -hmm.
0: Yep. I think that's what, you know, when they say that it it takes a village to raise a child, they don't mean society as a whole. I think they really do mean the old sense of village, like as in what our churches are kind of for us nowadays, is that you do have to rely on the parents around you, the other people around you for their various experiences, their various issues they've gone through, because you can pretty much guarantee that Yes, they're all different, but there's at least one person in your church who's probably going had their child do the exact same thing you're going through. Right? You just got to talk about it and find them because yep. you're not going to be able to just intuitively know that's the person you need to talk to. But
1: well, and not just their child, but maybe them themselves. Yeah. Right. I mean, true. Yeah. I think some of the things we did as kids is some mm-hmm. of the things that y'all's kids are doing now. Like right. things I'm I just did. I, yep. Things I did. I'm looking. and I'm like, oh, I've done what. Kobe's done, I've done what Wyatt's done, you know, like, I've been there, done that. Mm-hmm. But you know, again, I mean... That's
4: what sometimes I got to remember when I, when my kids do things, I'm like, man, you know, I, I've done worse. Yeah, right? <laughs> it's true. Right? It's true. But I, mean, I just didn't get caught. <laughs> but
2: it's still a hard pill to swallow to have to take ownership of the things that you did. Right. And then how to deal with those kids in your situation as a parent and taking that that role of discipline it's 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 really hard to to fit that in
4: it is and that's why we kind of wanted to do this we want to bring in different people and and just kind of dissect us a little bit Um, i think tonight's going to be more of just way we want to lead to this Um, i knew i want to put that out there too if there's any listeners that listen to this and they have Stories advice, or, or advice stories,
0: yeah. or a, 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 a
4: question mm-hmm. to ask some of these parents that we do bring in, like Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, to, uh, yeah, you know, Post them, send, send post them
0: on Facebook or on Instagram. Send us a DM well, or like, you can email us at uh, Ray at com. That'll come in or just post it up on uh, one of the YouTube videos. That's that what I was mean.
4: gonna say. You get your own personal yeah. email, so yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, it they, they, they costs for each one. I so, know, I'm just you know, As soon as we care. get some sponsors, we'll get some more emails. No, I'm just kidding. You
1: know, but, I mean, and even raising kids like not your biological kids is a challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Adoption and fostering as mm-hmm. those type of parents it brings its own set of challenges. And so, you know, it would be great to hear advice from some of those. Mm -hmm. some some people that have have done that
2: yeah because you really have to put put it in a different perspective when you have to um, foster child because uh, the way you discipline a foster child is completely different in terms of um, what you can and can't do uh, and most of them already come with some story behind them a lot of them uh, one of the children we had was a drug baby and so Uh, had real serious issues that we had to deal with, but you can't discipline them in the same way um, that you might with your own children. And so it is a unique situation, um, but it's such an important thing that's necessary. There's so many kids out there that need parents. Spending 28 years in the classroom and seeing those kids in my classroom and and having the compassion for them, um, that's a real big need. And I know that's a push that we have in the community, and I would love to see it a a big push in our church as well. Right hmm Yeah, you know? mm-hmm.
0: because you know, I mean, again, I got my little list of Bible quotes here to kind of help out with this, but you know, there's they're all everyone's probably heard all of them before. You know, and the one I put right at the top is Proverbs twenty-two six. You know, train up a child in the way he should go, even when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Sounds great, doesn't work in practice every time, as I've seen. But I also think that what's missing a lot nowadays, and I'm not saying from anyone on this table for sure because I don't know all of it, but there's a lot of people who rely on. Other people to train their children, mm-hmm. to discipline their children, and they just take too much of a hands-off approach. Right? Yeah. You know,
1: that's what I was just doing ministry for twelve years. I've seen that a lot of churches used as the babysitter for kids, mm-hmm. and it's our job to teach them.
0: Yep, and and that's this is supposed to be an. an a little bit of extra, yeah. not the main source of it. When you, you know yeah. your, your church is not where your child should learn everything, it's where they should what you have taught them should be reinforced, is, is really what it should be. And I know that's difficult because our society is now, you know, every minute of our day is filled with something. Mm-hmm. There is no yep. downtime anymore. There's no, it's hard to carve out time to sit together as a family, even and do anything together, play a game together, let alone read the Bible together. But I think it's one of the most important things to do, in and even going back, I wish I would have been able to start sooner with my daughter in doing that. You know, we, we don't get to it every day, but even if I if we didn't get to it during the day, at least when I'm putting her down to bed, I'm like, all right, we're gonna read a little bit of the Bible and want to talk about what I've learned and what I think it means and ask her what she thinks it means, and and um, I'm hoping it will help. <laughs>
1: right.
2: I just tell you, don't give up on it. Uh, <clears throat> you know, just. Raising my children when they were younger, we spent a lot of time together. We did um, did a lot of the home devotions kinds of things. As I got older, they got more involved. I backed off. Um, and even though all of my children professed to be Christians, and we took them to church, there was a point in time where I have to follow my sword and say that I, I, li- I relied a lot on the youth pastor. when Kids were in the youth group hey, they're in church and they're hanging around with Christian kids, so that's kind of filling the void. And so that home devotion, that stuff that you're supposed to do at home all the time, it did, it took a back seat and, and to a point where we just, we didn't do it at all. We just then kind of expected because our children were all Christians, we didn't have to do that anymore. So you just have to be careful about that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
4: yeah. We, we need to start doing ours too. And, uh, you know, my daughter, she's applying for, the, or she applied for a, uh, church camp in uh, in Iowa for the summer and she had an interview and it was what caught her off guard was what is your favorite bible verse and she was like (laughs) but then the guy was then the guy kind of switched and says hey what are your favorite stories in the bible Mm -hmm. you know and then she goes okay yeah you know but you know when she told me that I'm like man we, we need to get more family devotion in. Uh, but like you said, every minute of the day is full.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: And I just said that too. I just, I need to reprioritize my life because everything is just busy, busy, busy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, even my daughter told me that last <laughs> night. She says, "So I heard a comment on the radio. I said, uh, the more available you are, the less important you are. Hmm. And I says, well, yes, yes, but if you if you're available to everybody all the time, your important your your importance is probably lowered. Right. So, and I'm like, that's how I am. I just say like, yes, 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 yes. Sometimes I just got to say no.
0: Right. Because yeah, you could. How, what it good is being important to something that isn't important? Right. Because you yes, you could be busy doing something that is. You're important to that thing, mm-hmm. but if it actually it is not important, then right, that's nothing. Well, right. <laughs>
1: and. When you as a parent say yes to everyone else, Mm -hmm. you're saying no to your kids. You're saying no to your kids and that Mm -hmm. as somebody who came from that, and that's why it's so hard for me to say no is because that's what I saw my dad all the time going to do stuff for other people. Right. That was the way I was raised up was you always helped other people. And so, you know, and then I was like, okay, well, what about me? Like, yeah, you showed up to my games, but what about me? At the house, mm-hmm. you know. What about playing catch with me? At the house. What about just sitting down on the back porch with me? What about, you know? So, we, we just got to be, we we got to be careful with that. And I see that a lot um, in the schools now too. Is I see kids longing for some sort of parental. Affection, yeah, like connection. Um, yeah. Because we do like, I've got one kid at school that this kid. I, I mean, I love the kid; he's a cool kid. Um, but his parents just—I mean—he goes to football practice and he goes to football training, and his his parents are always gone and doing things, and you know, and so like, I feel bad for the kid. I really do because he's wanting some sort of attention. And the way that kids do it now is in a negative way. They act out. And so they get attention, but it's not the right attention.
0: That's a guaranteed way to get attention is negative. Yeah. You, you don't get enough from the positive, unfortunately. Yeah, you know? so
1: I just – I don't know. I'm not saying that, that it's – you're a horrible parent. If, <laughs> if you do, you know, always go because I don't know what that's like. I don't know what that's like to be a parent. Uh, but I know what that's like to be a kid of a parent. You know, and so sometimes I feel like we got to sit back and, and think about, okay, if I say yes to this, who am I saying no to?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I've even found recently, so like one of the things, you know, I get up in the mornings and, you know, try to do some Bible reading. Usually I don't have near as much time for it as I want, but then I'll put on like a podcast. So, you know, usually listen to one of my Bible study podcasts while I'm getting ready in the morning and doing all that. And uh, my daughter has been getting up, pretty early and about same time, you know, usually right after I do, because I think she just hears me puttering around out there. And so she'll come out and for quite some time, I just kept my earpiece in and I was listening to my podcast and she'd be asking me questions and I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? And uh, one morning, you know, my wife is like, you know, you're not paying any attention to her. She's trying to engage with you and connect with you. And I'm like, yeah, but I'm listening to my Bible podcast. This is my Bible time. (laughs) But I think, I, I think God would be okay if I paused it. took it out and so i've been trying to do that now as soon as she's done you know with all the little chores she does in the morning and she comes and she actually starts talking to me i'm like okay pause what i'm doing take the headphone out and actually just talk to her engage with her and and spend some time with her and the the best part about it was is after just a couple days of doing it so you know i make her her breakfast and she's prays for her breakfast every morning and she has right after i started doing that one of the things she started throwing there she says, thanks thanks lord for this time with my dad it's so great And man, did that make you feel good, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's only like twenty minutes usually before I gotta like boogie in and go do work. But just hearing her say, "Thank you, Lord, for this time with my dad," um, just really important, you know. And uh, so something even even when you think you're doing the right things, (laughs) you sometimes gotta stop doing what you. It's all about what I wanted to do, Mm -hmm. you know. And uh, spend some more time with her because it it goes so darn fast.
4: Oh yeah, it does. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That does. And Mike, you could probably could test of that too. Absolutely. Uh,
2: and I'll say that one of the biggest regrets or one of the biggest great, uh, regrets I have from raising kids is that i get up early and do Bible study all the time before the kids got up. And then I went out with the day, but they never saw me in scripture. They never saw me. They just saw the dad that was getting him ready for school and getting him ready for whatever. Um, and I really wasn't a good example for them to actually watch. I'm in Scripture. This is a time that we can do that as a family. Mm-hmm. Um, because, again, it, it sounded like a good, you know, I'll get it all done. I'll be quiet. It'll be my quiet time and so forth. And then I can kind of get the kids together. And But that, all they see is you're, you're fulfilling a bunch of tasks. You're, you're not really spending time with me. You're just fulfilling a bunch of tasks. That's what parents are. That's what dads are supposed to do. This mm-hmm. is your. This is your checklist of things you're supposed to do to get us ready to go to school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah. I, I like when they. I like sometimes when they throw it back in your face, but we'll we'll probably discuss that more later. But absolutely. Uh, but you know hey Randy's not here let me let me just throw out a quote real quick right. I, Randy gave me his list of quotes to throw out all right. <laughs> and uh, I saw this one on his list it was it was it was kind of funny um, <clears throat> Wait where'd it go? you didn't highlight it I know he didn't like, highlight it it's like kids oh, they no, just it, says run a, off. it says having one having one child makes you a parent having two makes you a referee. Three or more, now you're basically a
2: bouncer. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Pretty much. Is that right, Mike? <laughs> well,
2: I, actually, I, I have to confess that as we had more children, it got easier. Oh, really? Um, it, it just, the, the the flow of the household went much better. Kids kind of had expectations. Um, the first few, uh, first uh, three that we had were definitely challenges. And, and, of course, one of those three now is... Um, often living in the streets now so um looking back in retrospect really would have loved to be able to change those first developmental years that maybe Mm. could have made an impact on them Mm -hmm.
0: yeah you never know there's so many things you know they talk about is it nature is it nurture i mean i think most of the real experts agree that it's both there are certain things that are programmed into you from the beginning and i think that's you know god's will for your life and sometimes I think we sadly have to accept that it's not at all what we would picture it to be. It's not pretty like we'd want it to be. And it's, it, there are people who, and I I know Mike, you've lost a child too. And that's something that you do have to look at and say, okay, there's a plan there. We don't know what it is. It might not even been planned for you. Mm -hmm. It could have been a plan for somebody completely different or, you know, you never know who is the plan is for and hopefully at the end we'll understand hopefully right. at the end we'll get that playbook and be like oh i get it now. Mm-hmm. but until then you know we just have the, to keep going
2: and the way i come to peace about the loss of my daughter is that i found out that after her passing one of her friends that was not a christian came to know the lord as a result of that so i just kind of put it in perspective that um anna's time was done she did her mission she brought someone to by her lifestyle to to the Lord, and then the Lord took her. So it gives me the peace to know that um, she accomplished a pretty important mission. Brought so many right,
0: right, mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And those ripples, you don't know where it's going to go. Nope. You know, because it could you could just see that one person, and she does one person, she does one person, and then all of a sudden that person does a thousand people. Right? Right? It's you just that's again that's the Lord's plan. We don't get to see it. The timeline is way bigger than we'll ever understand. Yep. Absolutely. And so we can't focus on those things because they'll they'll drag you down. Um, it's one of the things I've been trying to speak to some of my family members about my my brother and his wife just lost their child who they were going to have it was uh, you know they kind of knew early on there were some issues with the development and so right right before Thanksgiving they lost their child who was coming and it's been tough for both of them because it was you know it's their fourth kid they were going to have but it was going to be their first boy and so my brother was real excited about that and and I know that you know my sister-in-law she's just struggling with that loss it's you know it's there's no way I think we could even empathize with the loss that a mother has in those situations. It's it's definitely deep. And I just, you know, try to, again, talk about the Lord's plan, the Lord's will, and the fact that you, you can't let that change and diminish what you're doing for the rest of your children. You know, right. she's still got three other children, and they need everything that they needed before. Right. And probably even maybe more, even though they're real young, so I don't know exactly how much it affected them, but the same time you can't give up you can't stop and and you have to take everything in stride and take everything and just keep saying okay lord this is your will what's the next step where do i go next what do i do next
2: i can assure you you're a parent all your life yeah yeah
4: (laughs) yeah no jen
3: how many kids you got six Mm. i'm halfway through (laughs) 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 i agree i don't agree with randy's little quote that you read i I don't know that you get to bouncer. Hmm. You're stuck in referee, though. (laughs) That's for sure. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) But they're all, they're everyone different. Every one of them you got to handle differently. And some of them is, well, the oldest is, he was good until he was out of the house. Next one was out of the house was fine. Um, we had a little hiccup here with the next one, and then and <laughs> I don't know. They all have their little quirks right, yeah. and little problems, but I mean,
4: there's not a there's not child you don't there, handle a perfect parent. any
3: of them the same. Right, you can't discipline any of Them the same. I think the main thing is is to be a good example, to try to lead the right way in everything you do, and. There comes a point where you as a parent, you can do all that you can do, but it's finally up to them. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're the ones that are going to make their mind up which direction they're going to go.
1: I get that a lot, especially like as kids are graduating high school, going off to college. You know, I hear parents all the time, what do I do now? And I just look at them, I'm like, have you done everything God has asked you to do for that kid? Yes, yes. There's nothing, you, There's can nothing do. you can do. You can pray for them. You can continue to love them, support them in any way that that you need to. But I think as far as the hand on parenting that you had as they were going up through their childhood, high school years, I think at that point, you know, it's time to to you got to take the hand off and let them fly. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, you got to let them fly, and and all you can do is is pray and be like, hey, you need me, I'm here, I love you, I support you. But I think that's it. That's it? I don't I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be there next year. I mean, right.
4: Autumn's graduating this year, I'm going to be there at that college. But I don't think it's going to be just hands-off and just go, here you go, you can just do whatever. But I still think we're going to still be – I'm going to be involved in her life. I'm going to still, you know
3: – you're going to be involved. You're going to be involved,
1: but I, but I don't I don't know. I guess when I say hands off, like. Like discipline the, wise? The, the curfews <laughs> quit, the discipline. Well, yeah. You know, that's what I mean is, is that part of the parenting. Yeah, you're still going to have an influence. Um, I mean, my dad still has an influence on me all the time. I call mm-hmm. him all the time. Right. You know, I'm 32. I'll be 33 in March. But I think as far as when we talk about. The discipline, the raising up, the directing, I think that part kind of. It definitely changes.
0: Yeah, I'd say it changes. And I know every situation is different as well, too. You know, even the pastor, he had mentioned that, um, you know, one of his kids, as as she'd gotten to that age where she was going to college, but yet she was still living at home. And of course, you know, the you know he's paying for college, paying for her food, paying for pretty much everything. He says, you know, as long as I'm paying, my rules still. If you want your rules, then you need to be supporting yourself. So there, there's no exact handoff point. There's no, this is the line. It's kind of fuzzy. Every kid's probably different. Um, when you guys started talking about this, it's actually one of, one of the Bible verse I pulled up. Psalm 127, verse 3. Children are a gift from the Lord. They're a reward from him but part of that you have to understand is I don't want to say it's a temporary gift but you you've got your time as you said with them you've got your direct time there's certain important things you need to make sure you take care of when they're real little and when they're growing and then when they get older and at a certain point yeah you you become less the the actual rudder and right. more of the 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 you know the guy at the calling out The helm maneuvers, (laughs) as opposed to the actual guy steering. That's right. You know, and uh, you can keep trying to guide them. You can keep trying to give them advice, but yeah, there's. If you did it right, I think they will listen to you. If you've done it, if you've been able to speak to them, listen to them importantly too, and let them feel free to speak and tell you the truth, I think you'll have a better chance of it as you go. And even with how open I've tried to be with my daughter and how much I've told her, you can tell me anything. You can talk to me about anything. You know, I'm not going to... I've constantly tried to tell her if you make a mistake, if you break something, if something goes wrong, I want you to come to me and talk to me about it. And and I'm not going to be mad if you come to me. I'm mad when you hide it from me. And she's really good about it, but she's still every now and again still. <laughs> you just... That sin nature, you can't help it. Right, You're like, yeah. oops, well, no one is going to know about this. <laughs> So anyway, um, it's it's hard to you're never going to know if you're doing it right at the time. That's the hardest part about it. You know, you're right. you're you're steering right. a ship from inside. Uh-huh. <laughs> you have no idea where it's <laughs> yep. actually going.
2: Yep. Yeah. One of the things you'll find out is that the child that's most like you is the one that you're going to have the most battles with. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and they're very headstrong and and and. And you usually get those uh, uh, button heads uh, constantly trying to trying to impose your will on, on them. We've got, some, I've had strong-willed children. I know some here in, in this room have strong-willed children and um, they're gonna do what they wanna do at least in their in their thought process. And what's gonna be frustrating for those of you who have seniors and are going out in the college world is that they're going to eventually rebel to some extent because of their independence. And that causes us as parents to be frustrated even more because we say in our heads, we taught them all the things. We prepared them like we thought they did. Where did they come up with these ideas? And some of you were born and raised in the church. I was an adult convert, but some of you were born and raised in the church. And you got to kind of reflect back in your days as a teenager or a young adult, how you rebelled as well understand it's going to probably happen. We just hope that it doesn't go to an extreme where you can't reel them back in. Right, Mm -hmm, And that's where I think where Derek was talking about where I want to to still be involved. Yeah, I don't have a curfew. I can't dictate. But I'm still going to be a focus on your life. And I'm going to see when you do stupid things or do things that are not real wise. And I'm still, as a parent, going to point them out. You're not going to like them. You're going to get upset with me that's called tough discipline. That's just Mm -hmm. tough love, Mm -hmm. but that's just what parents have to do. And you just can't quit. I'm 66 years old and I'm still parenting some of my kids that are sometimes acting like teenagers. Mm -hmm.
4: And I heard today too, the show tough love, you have to have a relationship with that person, you know? So, you know, having that relationship with the kid, you know, with my, with my daughter and my son, you know, there's some, I've seen some, you know, being a cop out there and, and seeing broken families and, there's some that don't have parents, you mm-hmm. know, so.
0: Yeah, I just actually heard it last night. Somebody was talking about the, the issues in society is, is a lot of them are stemming from the fact that the family unit's falling apart. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of children of, uh, who only have single parents, right. wives or, or uh, moms or dads. Either way, it's, it, you're missing something from that, what's put together. But they even straight up said, all you got to do, if you don't believe me, go to the jail and talk to the people in the jail and most of them came from fatherless homes. Right. And right. and so it's a very important role of the father to lay down that discipline. It is. In and it's it's a different type of discipline than moms lay down. And we know again Proverbs 29:17, discipline your children <laughs> and they will give you peace of mind and will make your heart glad. Now, that that doesn't mean in the moment, right? Um, but you also have to again, Colossians three twenty one. Do not embitter your children, or they'll become discouraged. So there is a line. There is you can go too far with discipline. Yeah. You 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 need to find that barrier where you're saying, okay, you've done wrong. There are consequences to this, but I'm not doing this out of anger. I'm not coming at you and and going overboard against it and that is also difficult to do depending upon what they've done
4: you got the verse in there don't antagonize your kid too
0: yeah <laughs> that's that is the same one don't embitter do yeah. not embitter do not antagonize your children <laughs> but, that become discouraged
1: discipline comes correction yeah there mm-hmm. has to i mean be. Yeah. that was one of the things i think at least like with my dad was he disciplined me but then we sat down and talked about it mm-hmm. and that helped me for later on in life that something comes up oh i shouldn't do that you know so yep yep or yeah you gotta gotta have the you gotta have the correction
0: that might have been the one you were thinking of derek Mm -hmm. ephesians 6 4 fathers do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them rather Uh bring them up with discipline and instruction that comes from the lord and i think that's the important part instruction instruction. the
1: instruction part is where we often
0: yep and if you can bring it to the bible then then especially if you've been raising them in church it's not then you're not saying this is my rule you're like no like this is god's rule
1: i'm trying to help you out here i had a pastor i served under that did that now i mean he disciplined to the way that verse says is he i mean he believed in in spankings i mean we all grew up that way at least Mm -hmm. around this table i think right i mean i did i did mine was Uh, yeah paddles paddles um but belt. so, but yeah. I was saying, so was belt he, used once he yeah. got one. I was too good. Spoons, whatever <laughs> mom could get a hold of. But, once the
0: belt was used once, I was never caught again. I mean, I was never disciplined wrong. again. <laughs> <laughs> but he,
1: what what I liked was you know, and he told me he did this, but I saw him discipline his son, and then bring his son onto his lap, and I was like, "I love you. Here's why I did it. Now let's look at what." scripture says about this and i was like man that that i think when we talk about discipline is the way as a christian man it should yeah i don't like discipline in my kids right i no. can
4: tell you that like just spanking my kid and it's like you know like my parents used to say it <laughs> hurts worse, me more than and, you know, hurt la, you. i'm like yeah whatever <laughs> that's when you're yeah. sitting there going no it doesn't you yeah. don't know that <laughs> right now it does now i can see that now you see mm-hmm. yeah yep, it's yep. like you understand you, you went to your dad gets home and then you get home you're like you know what your son did? I'm like,
1: oh my goodness. I don't know that yet. Does it really hurt you as bad? It does. Does it? Oh, yeah. One of the
3: things me and Lisa had a conversation today. The kids, you know, nobody spanks like they used to. Right. I mean, that's just kind of, a lot of them don't. You don't Mm -hmm. use a frying pan? (laughs) No. Mom Mom did. (laughs) Mom did. Wooden spoon, yeah. But all this new discipline that the majority of people are using it, there is no consequence there's not so you get disciplined okay well i'm good for so long i get my phone back okay i'm disciplined for so long and this comes back or everything's always there's a way out mhm i
1: there's this, no there's this, no more accountability there's
3: no more accountability it's always, oh, I'm bailed out, I'll be fine, I'll be fine. But what happens when something serious comes along to a child that might put them in jail? I mm-hmm. mean, that kid still has the mentality that, oh, I'll be all right, I'll get out, everything will go back to me. They don't realize that it's just not there for them.
0: Yep. I mean, with our daughter, one of the, you know, not too long ago, she, she lied about something that she did. And, you know, for discipline, she lost her, she lost the Nintendo, you know, we took the Nintendo Switch away from her and, and she didn't have it for, it was well over a month because we didn't, she was like, how long? We said, until you deserve it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like we're, you're grounded for two days, you're grounded for one week, anything like that. Because I think that kind of leads into, I think what you're trying to say is that it's just like, okay, well, I just got to wait it out. Just, just wait, just wait out, out my time. But it was like, no, you need to earn this back. And w- this comes with you, you telling us the truth with you getting your homework done, with you doing your chores around the house, and not asking, do I get it back yet? Do I get it back yet? You're going to get it back when I feel good and ready.
3: But if you use that same punishment again, okay, I can make it. I made it that time. But what where Daniel was talking about the spanking and pulling in the lap, and this is it, I mean, a little bit of physical pain really mm-hmm. does good for the brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it makes something work. Like, I remember what not to do now. <laughs> yeah. Right? I mean, I was, I've got plenty of spankings. I was not a bad kid. I really didn't get them for things that I'd like to give some spankings for now. Right. But it made me make better choices, and I didn't get into major trouble.
0: Right, right. I remember once, uh, back. I don't remember how old I was, but my brother and I were were Boy Scouts, and we had just gotten our Boy Scout bow and arrows. And, uh, you know, we were told, you don't don't play with them. We said, okay. And one day when my parents weren't around, we were in the basement playing with them. Shot an arrow through the window, got spanked for that. <laughs> got spanked for that. <laughs> got spanked for that for sure. And uh, and then after that, there was no, you know, never, I didn't I didn't play with them when I wasn't supposed to ever again after that. You yep. know, I, I knew it was because my dad, he said, listen, the point is, is what if you'd accidentally shot your brother instead mm-hmm. of the window? Because, yeah, I'm angry about the window. Because, but I'm angrier about what could have, could happened. have happened, right? <laughs> yes. So, you know, and it, it hit home for me. It really did. And I wasn't that old. I was probably eight or nine, something like that. And, and uh, you know, and then later there came a time where also he said, okay, now you're old enough. You can go and set up in the backyard. You know where it's safe. You know how to use it properly. You're, I've, I've watched you and he, he, he graduated me, you know, mm-hmm. if you will, mm-hmm. to when it was okay. So it does work.
2: It does work. You really kind of have to kind of think about the the, the two terms of discipline and punishment. Uh, scripture does say, you know, uh, spare the rod, spoil the child. So mm-hmm. yeah, there is a point in time where a physical uh, punishment is required. Mm-hmm. But we always have to make sure that we attach that to the purpose. Mm-hmm. Kind of like your dad was saying, not only did was he angry that he broke the window, but this is a consequence that could have happened so there was a teaching and Daniel was saying there's a teaching that's taken place sometimes we just get angry and we punish our kids and then our kids don't understand why they're really being punished although they kind of do but they don't really want to accept it and they didn't learn anything from it and so now we've defeated the purpose because all you've done is inflicted punishment on them and, mm. and they de- they develop a, de- a degree of bitterness over that and trust me It'll come back to haunt you because over the course of 66 years, I've heard that come back to to me many a time. Oh, yeah. um, Some of the choices that I, discipline choices, what I call discipline, the punishment choices that I leveled on my children that were at this point, egregious. Oh yeah, <laughs> they will They will
0: remember. I actually, I saw a great little video the other day. This guy's like, you know, one guy's like kids, and he shows, walks up and his kid's sitting on the floor. He's like, I told you to brush your teeth. You did? When'd you do that? Like a minute ago. Oh, and then cuts to the next scene and the kid opens up the door, wakes up his dad, says, all right, come on, let's go. What are you talking about? Well, two weeks ago, you said on Saturday, we could go to the park. <laughs> That's why. That's why. Why it reminds me of everything yeah. that yeah, yeah. I say. He does not forget. We nope. get, you tell him to go. Hey, go take out the trash. Right. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it to a no. T. Yeah. Uh,
4: oh, you got another quote. I do. You know what? This one's kind of. This one. Yeah. Let me know what you think about this. This is Randy's quote. Okay. okay. These are Randy's. Can't take credit for him. You can't you cannot raise your ch- uh, children as your parents raised you because your parents raised you for a world that no
0: longer exists. It's good to think about though. It really is. I mean, we, not, now we, we
4: could say that we, when we were raised,
0: you know, we didn't have social media. We, we didn't, didn't have we didn't. cell phones in our pockets, mm-hmm. the internet. We didn't have any of that None stuff. Of that.
3: I can say probably with the older half of mine and the younger half, I see the difference in there.
0: mm mm-hmm. Mhm.
3: It's not the same world.
0: Yep. Yeah. It's not even yeah. from. You're you're, you're talking. To, you're both your kids. But yeah. even from the young to the old. From the old
3: from the old to the young, there's a difference in.
0: Yep. Yep. And that's that's the, I think the one of the important things to remember. And again, this another Bible quote, Deuteronomy six six and seven. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, and when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. And again, that's the the one universal truth is the Bible. It Mm -hmm. still applies. Even with all the new stuff Mm -hmm. that's going on today. It still still applies. So, you know, that's one that's a route you can go to. That's a well you can go to. And try to bring everything back to that. And you're not always gonna be able to, but you know what? The cell phone also works in our favor in that way too, because you can do a quick little Google <laughs> Bible search and be like, I'm gonna find a good verse to bring out here real quick yeah. before I go walking in there. And it can help you out. And and I'm not great at it yet either because I can never remember. I was like, I know there's a verse about this, but I can't find the dark right. thing. <laughs> but it's at least it's I couldn't imagine if I had to try to leaf through the book to find it, because mm-hmm. I never would, you know? And and it is a total different day and age now because back when deuteronomy was written they were talking about the fact that you know it was all in your head there was it wasn't there was nothing written Mm -hmm. so you had to you had to just know it and memorize it and man i wish i could do that i wish it worked that way nowadays we were
4: like that too we We, we we remember phone numbers yeah it's true it's true everything we remembered everything
2: yep that is true but remember what brother roger preached about the good old days Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and you know we we look at well yes we have different challenges because we got different technologies, but they're the same set of sins. They're just easier accessible nowadays, and yeah. so you mm-hmm. have to deal with them with Scripture the same way. Um, it's harder sometimes to to catch them uh, because of all the nuances that, uh, of our culture. But the sins are still the same set of sins, and we still got to address them the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, I was from an era where you know. Computers didn't exist; those kinds of things. You know, our calculators were like size of a notebook page. Yeah, did you have
0: yeah. the, you move the beads back and forth? Yeah, <laughs> yeah what do they call those Abacus. Yeah, Abacus. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah, we did those too. God, I love you guys.
1: <laughs> Chisel and stone. I am glad
3: you're here, Mike. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. I did shave before I came. Jed, is that just because you're not the otis now? That's right.
3: <laughs>
2: but you know that the, there there are a lot of things that are out there, but the sins are still the same, right. and you still got to address them the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can't use the well; it's technology that's at default. It's the foundation that we laid as a, in the home before they even got to that point. Yep. And, and whether or not why we why we allow our children to have cell phones at age eight, six, some kids that I taught in school had better cell phones than I did. Uh, yep. They have more technology than I had. And that's a kind of a parent decision. We as Christians can make an impact there.
0: Yep. Yep. And and if you're willing to give your child a cell phone, you can't just take and hands off say, Well, I don't know what they're doing. Yeah, you could if you <laughs> wanted to. Take the time. There are apps for that stuff. Mike, my, my daughter has a she's got a tablet and she's got a, a laptop and I've got it set up so I know everything she does on either one of them. Now granted I do have a little bit more of a tech background. But there are people you can talk to that you know. There are places you can pay a little money to, to, to get the stuff set up on there. You should not, and in my opinion, and tell my daughter, own paying for her own cell phone, I'm going to know exactly who she's calling. I'm going to know who she's texting. I'm going to know what games she's playing, what websites she's visiting. Because that's my job as a parent.
3: But be careful. They can get more tech savvy than you. Oh, or the apps yeah. and go around them. She'll try. Trust me. I'll just She'll absolutely. Try. We we use
1: GoGuardian in school to watch like kids' screens and stuff. Yep. And they know how to to go around that to where it looks like they're on what they're supposed to. Oh, and yeah. You mm-hmm. walk over to where they're at, and you're looking at your laptop, and you're like, "Wait, it says you're on this." Oh yeah. My, but you're doing that. <laughs> my daughter thinks she's smart. She
0: thinks she knows her way around these things. Can, but there's there's additional, and it, it all comes down to, if you are going to install Go Guardian, the next thing you should Google is how do you beat Go yeah. You should yeah. know how they do it before they do, because uh, they're going to learn it. They're they're 100 percent going to learn it. You know, and again, my daughter's done the same thing. She's she finds little sneaky tricks, little <laughs> things to do and and uh if they
3: don't someone else will someone and we'll tell them there's a share the wealth there's a reason (laughs) why we we
0: uh are homeschooling our daughter Mm -hmm. because one of the definite things that my wife said early on is she says i don't want other kids teaching her i want her learning from adults and when you send her to a school where there's you know the adults are outnumbered 30 to 1 or more she's going to learn from kids more than she's going to learn from adults and and i think that may be an issue that we have in our society today is that kids learn way more from each other than they do from the people who actually know anything and so that's you know we made that decision it's not easy it's there's there's sacrifices to be made to do it but it's one of the things that we decided we were going to do so i'm glad to see more and more people are doing it nowadays you know homeschooling's on this huge Resurgence. Oh yeah. Know, yeah, COVID helped out a lot because yeah, yeah. people got to see us. Like, this is what they're teaching you. Mm-hmm. This is what you're doing at school. Okay, uh-uh. Uh-uh. and you know, even if you think you can't homeschool, there are now our homeschool pods. There are people who are starting small, little homeschool type groups. And again, if it, you can say, "Oh, but then, oh, we can't do that. We it just doesn't fit for us." It's like, no, you're just not willing to make the sacrifices that are involved if yeah. you want to do that. You can.
2: Yeah, we mm-hmm. we homeschooled our. Four, four oldest uh, up through uh, the youngest of those four to fourth grade, and then we adopted a special needs child that had OTPT uh, an hour away, three days a week, and put him back into public schools. But you're right, the, the, the foundation that you can have, we had a Christian curriculum, we were able to focus on that. Mm-hmm. I wish we would have been able to or could have, but we chose to go a different direction, so. Mm-hmm.
0: And I'm not saying you know I get it. Sometimes you're not going to be able to. I'm not saying everybody should homeschool. That ain't going to work. But it's you have to understand that. Think about it. If you, if you're sending them to a place for six to eight hours a day, where God does not exist and is often not is excluded and even looked down upon, you're going to have to make that up. Right? There's 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 no. There's no way about it. If they spend six hours there, five days a week, you've now got, what is it? My math is terrible. 30 hours. It shouldn't be that bad. 30 hours there. How are you going to make up that 30 hours with God outside of there? That's a lot of work. Because, mm-hmm. you know, what the, you know, the old uh, uh, Native uh, American tale of there's two wolves inside of you, right? It, it is actually the truth, though. They're, what you feed is what's going to grow right so right if they're getting if they're getting three four hours a week of god and 30 hours a week at school then what do you think going to win in most cases you know there, that's a battle you can't you just there's no way you're going to win that battle in in majority cases mm-hmm. that's why i think we run into a lot of the problems we do even with children who are go to church go to bible study come to wednesday night they do all those different things what's that add up to five or six hours a week tops
4: yeah you know it's funny too I, I, and I don't want to
0: bring in the negative either but
4: you know growing up and then you know we see homeschoolers and they're like man they're so socially awkward you know they don't talk to other kids you know and they don't play sports and they didn't do this and, uh, you know that was always our thing was like man every time I dealt with a homeschooler you know I was growing up it was just socially awkward then, yep. you know and then we when we had kids you know we started to have kids we were thinking about homeschooling too but we just we were too career driven and you know and, well, uh, and that's
0: our society unfortunately Well, it's career
4: driven and and then really like my wife she's like I don't have the patience for it <laughs> well, you know and I too. get it I get it she don't yep. <laughs> but yep and um, but you know I, I think it's great I, I mean I, I that's one of my regrets you know is I kind of wish that we would have just kind of started to homeschool and Get that foundation built,
0: Mm -hmm. you know, because it's it's much more like it used to be. You know, my you know, my mom and dad both went to very small schools where it was, you know, 20 people, grades, kindergarten to high school, Mm -hmm. all in the same room, learning from someone that they knew. Right. This is Miss So-and-so. She lives in this little town. Right. And I get it. You can't all go back to that. And and I, I you know I also understand I, there's some the, the argument of the socialization to be right. said, but if you're bringing them to church, Harmony's involved in American Heritage Girls, so she does that. And I know you guys have met her. Or she is not socially awkward. Yeah, <laughs> no, no. I'm just saying. That, you know that was kind of our <laughs> no, my, but, like, my perspective as growing up as a and kid, I, and I get why that we like, mm. because you can pick out that one socially awkward kid real easy and say, "Oh, there's the homeschooler." You don't realize there's probably. 20 more you've met that you didn't realize were homeschoolers because not everybody's wearing a little badge on i was homeschooled you know (laughs) you don't don't have that (laughs) yeah
2: because ours was the same way i mean they went to church and children's group youth group played sports played soccer uh, brownies Mm -hmm. girl scouts the whole i mean they were involved and then our homeschool group actually had a uh Spanish teacher that they go to as a as a group in the community group and they learn Spanish and they interact it with another culture uh, and then with our special needs child a handicapped child our children were exposed to a special needs child child and so they were able to be able to deal better with uh, special needs children in the, in the community which most of us kind of just thought, oh I don't know what to do with this this child mm-hmm. right. Yeah, because
4: like our old pastor, you know, the church I came from from Arizona, they're, they're, his kids were all homeschooled, and you know they were they're fine, you know, they're just, it's just perfect, yep. and yep, um, so yeah, I, that was just one of the things that you know I thought of as you know as when I was growing up, right.
0: Know, but. Right. And today has made it I so much lot, easier than you know. it used to be. Because mm-hmm. back when we were growing up, if you homeschool, you pretty much had to be done by your parents. There right. wasn't an internet. There wasn't websites right. you could go to to meet other homeschool groups. Satellite. Yeah. Or yeah. TV or whatever. Yeah. There, there, was, there was not from, you know, and we don't actually participate in a lot of them right now because we just moved to the area and, and my wife's got a good setup going or anything. But we've run into numerous people who are like, oh, yeah, we live in the neighborhood and we've got six kids who get together at this house on Monday and they go to Mm. this house on Tuesday and they go over to this place on Wednesday and my wife's like okay that's too much I'm not doing that but (laughs) then she it's fine maybe this harmony grows maybe she gets older we'll try to plug into some things like that but for those of you out there who might be interested in this kind of thing but thinking personally we can't do it because again our society has driven us to a point where it's so difficult to do you can almost not Live as a single-income family anymore? No, yeah. it is darn impossible. Again, you have to make lots of sacrifices. We we have not gone on a single vacation. We can't afford vacations because we're a single-income family. That's you don't get to do that, right? We you know we don't have brand new cars. We don't have brand new phones or technology. We I mean we have, we do well. I make good enough money to to do what we do, but at the same time. If my wife was working, oh, man, would we be living a completely different lifestyle? You know, we'd, we'd have almost instantly double the money that we have right now, right? Because she made plenty of money doing what she was doing. But we made a choice. We made a decision. And we made a sacrifice. And that is for, again, for our daughter, but also, for, I think, for us, too. We we get to see her so much more. And we really do enjoy that. I mean, it is it is amazing. But if, let's say, you wanted to do it but you don't think it's economically feasible, or again, maybe you don't have the right temperament for it, then look at the local community, find a local homeschool pot that you can plug in. And yeah, that means that probably you have to do something. Okay, well, we'll take them on Saturdays and go to the park and play and we can do sports or I mean, you're gonna have to help out in most cases. But it is so much easier nowadays to get to that homeschool type of environment that you want to than it was even five years ago. Um, there's some great stuff online to help you out. There's, you know, multiple different. Uh, we've we found a couple of really good biblically based online programs that can get you curriculum, that can get you worksheets, that can get you even help you out. In some states, it's tif- difficult to homeschool still. They'll even help you out with legal stuff if you need to, you know, lawyers and things like that. So there's far less barriers nowadays than there was. And so, you know, again, just, I'm just saying this because if there's anybody who's listening, who's thinking about this and, but thinks that there's things that they just can't provide, you don't know until you look, you really don't. So,
2: so Daniel, you new in the classroom, uh, this year, um, what kind of things are you dealing with when you know that you're dealing with children from a broken home? What kind of things are you seeing in the classroom that, uh, you can make an impact on because there are so few of us Christian educators out there that are trying to make an impact, and so many Christian educators are afraid to take advantage of the legal rights they have. Yeah. Um, what can you? How can you impact those those kids that are from those broken homes that we're talking about?
1: Um. Well, just like that one I was talking about earlier, <clears throat> that young man, he, uh, his parents just this year, split, um, and so from the start of the year till Christmas break, I got to see a behavior change in him, and not for the positive. Um, I mean, without going really into too much, his parents did it pretty decently. They spend equal amount of time with them, you know. So that that that's good. Uh, but what what I see in in a lot of of our students and him is they don't know how to express their frustration. They don't know how to express their aggravation with the situation. And for me. What's nice is with this age group that that I'm working with, fifth and sixth grade, is, you know, I was seventh grade when my parents split. And so I was about their age going through the same things they are of a broken home. And so, you know, I get to, I can mention, hey, you know, I get what you're going through. I come from a divorced family. I come from a broken home, man. I was tore up. I understand it. You know, what can I do to help you? And and the question I get, and it's probably my favorite question I get is, how did you get through it? And that kind of opens the door for me. Absolutely. You know, and I can say, oh, I relied on uh, my church family. Oh, what do you mean church family? Oh, cool. Now I get to open the door even further, you know? And so I, I use my experiences and, and, Using that, um, you know, I I start with something so broad, Uh, whether it's a broken home, um, whether it's coming from a dad who's always busy or a parent who's always busy that they don't have time for you, Um, you know, it's (laughs) fifth and sixth grade, we get kids who, who, with depression and anxiety... And who have tried to commit suicide, and, and I've been there, and so I get to use those to begin a conversation that will eventually open the door by a question they ask for me to get to use Jesus to answer it, and 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 I want to I want to go back and and, and address before we continue on with that something um, with with homeschooling. I, Homeschooling is great. Um, I sense a butt. <laughs> I know. <It's> but <laughs> Because of public and, school teacher. No, no, no. And, <laughs> and it's not because of the public school teacher. It's really not. Um, I, I get the whole co-ops and, and, and I get the, the cohorts and you're doing things as groups. And, and a lot of times what I've seen from homeschools and their cohorts is You usually gravitate towards people in a cohort who are like you. You usually gravitate towards other Christians' homeschooling. Mm -hmm. At what point do your kids then use a mission field to share Jesus? The public school, man, And it's not because of a school teacher. It's not because I'm married to a school teacher. It's because I'm a youth pastor who has taught these kids, share the gospel with your friends. Yeah. Right? I get it. Just because you're you're grown up in church doesn't mean you're Christian. But how many more people can they impact at a public school as opposed to a cohort of five Christians? Right. No, that's
0: true. If you're in the right area. You know what I mean?
1: And so that's where I'm like, like, I had a BCM director he did it I think he did it right the foundation kindergarten through what do you do Kindergarten through like sixth grade the the first six seven years of school really laying the foundation he did it right they homeschooled okay mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that when they hit seventh grade when <laughs> when it gets toughest for kids was when he sent his kids into the school to let them, go into the mission field to share the gospel. And and that's where I'm like, we've got to be careful. You know, I get it, it's your choice. Right, right. right. Well, and, and we
0: were in a different place, too, because in Hawaii, us, Harmony want, was told she can't talk about Jesus. It's right. And They and, literally told her, no, you can't talk about right, that here. Right, right. And, and that so, was when but we I, were like, boom, she's out. I just want <laughs> us to be
1: careful, though, saying that that you can't because you can. I see it all the time. Oh, I, yeah. see, I see kids all the time sharing the gospel. And so, like. You know, those parents who who can't or who choose not to homeschool or, you know, I just want us to be careful the way that we, we, we come across with that point of homeschooling it is saying, oh, because they choose not to homeschool, you know sometimes they can't cause they have to work Oh yeah, because they're a single mom or a single mom. You got no you choice know? there.
0: Right. Yeah. I didn't definitely but, didn't mean to come off and say, this is the only answer. Yeah. So That's for sure. but
1: that, so I just want us to, cause, cause I tell the kids all the time, hey, the school is your mission field to share Jesus with your friends. Mm-hmm. And you it's know? more important so, nowadays than ever. Because, oh, exactly. And we just talked about with that quote, you can't raise the kids the way that we were raised cause it's different. It absolutely is different. And that's why I think even more us laying the foundation of who Jesus is, and we know that our kids are saved, put them in those schools, let them share the gospel with those friends, mm-hmm. then and I, maybe those schools will flip back.
0: I gotta say, definitely, we're in a different area than a lot, right? We're being in Arkansas because I saw a kid talking about his school, and I think he was from California, and it was just a, you know a young boy. I think he was around nine or ten, and he was saying that you know. You can't be cool at school anymore unless you're gay or trans or something like that out there. Like you're just basically you are shunned and exiled because you're not something weird. You're not you don't believe you're a dog or you don't believe you're a a fish or all the weird stuff. A cat. Right. All the weird things It, it that has become is being pushed as being trendy, and again, yeah. I'm not saying here. Right? You see what's going on in the yeah. schools here that are different than than it's again going. what you might it, see in the well, other and, parts of and, the world. And
1: that's the thing: is there is some of it here. Yeah, there is, um, right? And, but you got to push back against it. Somebody's you, you, got to. You it, can't see the ground, right? And so, like you know, I, I tend to try to always have a smile on my face at school, always, um, and and that's caused. Questions from other teachers, you know, why are you always smiling? Why are you always joyful? Why are you always happy? So then I can have those conversations with teachers, Um, because God is good, exactly. (laughs) And and you know, there are more kids that go to church and that are Christians in our schools than what people realize. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, by me being an example of, hey, you can be in this dark environment and still be joyful. And still talk about it, you know. We do a moment of silence at at Bentonville um, right after the prayer, and and I know everyone has their own kind of thought of a moment of silence. Well, that's not really praying; that's just having to sit there quietly. And but I utilize that time to pray. Yeah. Of course, I keep my eyes open, and I don't pray out loud, but my mouth is moving. And I had a student come to me last semester, and he goes, he goes, Mister Meadows thank you I said you're welcome man you know I've enjoyed my time here he goes, no, no no thank you for being who you are he's like you don't say words out loud but I see it he's like thanks for praying for us hmm and, and I think that kind
2: of well for eleven and a half years uh, here in this district I either co-led or led fellowship of Christian athletes uh, at the fifth and sixth grade level even when the district attempted to dissolve it because they said that a teacher couldn't be the sponsor of it because he was on contract um, and so I was able to develop fifth and sixth graders that were actually bringing in their own guest speakers they were actually bringing in um, uh, the gospel message to the kids uh, and and trying to communicate that but with that moment of silence at the beginning of school year i clearly told the students about the flag and pledge of allegiance that i served as a as military i talk about the in god we trust that is in all the classrooms and why it's there and i tell them what the moment of silence is all about, what its purpose is, and I tell them about what the law says about 1964, which is all according to the curriculum, so um, so we don't have to back away from all of that. Um, but one of the things you said earlier, kind of changing, when you were talking about the students and not being able to communicate, I think that's probably, as parents, one of the things that we don't do well with our kids, that I know from, my adult kids i can sit down and now have a full conversation where we actually talk as opposed to me being a parent and and the child having to listen and i would encourage that aspect as you're growing raising children to sit down and actually converse with your children not just give them a set of directions not simply giving them a set of advice but Talking about what they what they really are interested in and why they're interested in, I I think that's what happens with these these broken homes. Um, I know Derek, you've probably seen a lot uh, with uh, a lot of domestic violence situations Mm -hmm. where you go to home and you see those children and you can see the terror on their face because they don't they don't know they can't go to mom they can't go to dad because mom and dad are fighting, so they don't have anybody to talk to and they're out in limbo. And so if you think about our kids having a conversation with us letting them know that they have that security to be able to come as you were talking about your daughter being able to come to to actually share without fear that oh yeah I broke a glass I want to come talk about it so that we I have a have a good understanding I don't think we do that very well as parents no
4: you're right yeah because you know you always get you know all you do is yell at me or you know you give me directives all the time and You know, even sometimes too, like I've been trying to recently change that where I could just sit and listen or, you know, like for autumn, you know, I'm like, okay, let's just sit and talk. I won't yell at you, (laughs) you know, and, and, uh, I just want to, I just want to feel what you're feeling like, you know, what are your, what is your emotions right now? You know, why are you feeling this way? Just tell me, I just want to listen, you know, and then. You know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't.
2: <laughs> but most of the time, we as parents are, especially
1: men, because we're fixers. Right. We try to fix it. We'll hear. Yeah.
2: We'll hear some of it, and we want to say that we're good listeners. Mm-hmm. But when we then we automatically interject and we defeat it the purpose for why we're having the conversation. Right. Yep. <laughs> right.
1: Yep. Being being yeah. in the schools helped me realize too a little bit um, when we discipline. A lot of times we're kind of. Up over them, right? I mean, you think about like when when I I, th- I look at other classrooms and like when the teachers getting onto the kids. A lot of times, it's you know finger wagging and standing over top standing alone. over top of them, yep. kind of. Th- and I do things different, and and a lot of teachers are like, "How do you get through to that kid?" I see that kid struggling, acting out, whatever it may be. And instead of standing up over them, I go sit down. And they just kind of look at me. Because a lot of them are, like, standing up, causing issues. And I just sit down beside where they should be sitting. And then they just kind of slowly sit down. And that opens up that communication because now I'm on their level. Yeah, there's a psychology about I that. Get like yeah. Like with elementary kids, I get... I get down on the floor on their level when I was in the elementary school and the teachers were like, how do you deal with that? How can you get them from such a, a red level is what we call it, right? Green, you're happy. Yellow, you're kind of, eh, you're getting a little frustrated. Red, you're like angry, upset, whatever. And they're like, how do you get them from a red to a green to where they can open up so quick? And I'm like, because I don't sit and yell at them. I get on the floor. I sit where they should. And I let them understand that I'm there when they're ready. And I just sit there. I mean, there's been times I've sat there with like the elementary kids for 10, 15 minutes, just sitting on the floor. <laughs> and the principal walks by and I was like, okay. <laughs> like, cause she knows what I was doing.
0: Yep. Yep. You know this with the way you guys are talking about again. I the school system we experienced was in Hawaii. Right? Yeah, completely different. Completely here, different because there's no pledge of allegiance in Hawaii yeah. anymore. There's no quiet time. There's no yeah. you, again that has been sanitized out. And I'm sure there's probably lots of people listening who are in very similar type environments. Yeah. And and maybe that's another thing you got to look at is and I hate to say it because I know it's something that's not, I don't know if it's good or bad, but we are we are moving in this country to where there are you know well i'm not going to move to that state because of the way it is right I'm, i mean i work for a company that's based in california and you know when we said we were going to move they're like "Well, oh, hey you should move to california i was like never i'm sorry because of the way the rules the laws the way the schools are done there the way all that's done not going to live there i'll come visit i'll come fly out anytime we got to do meetings any of that but i am not living in california because it's just the again we're kind of tribalizing ourselves but unfortunately that maybe is the only option you got right if you are a single parent if you don't have the ability to do the the things that you need to do then maybe you need to find an area where the school system is better than where you currently are you gotta move and, and not everybody can do that either that's but. The,
2: that's the number one demographic thing that happens when somebody moves to or considering to move someplace is they look at the school systems. Yep. I mean, that is like the number one. Yep. One of the reasons why this area is growing is because uh, the reputation of, of the school district in the areas, Gravit, Bentonville, Roger Springdale, um, have a really positive uh, demographics in terms of scores and so forth. And people are literally, literally start, because a lot of people are working from home, mm-hmm. and so they can basically move where they want to, Yep, and they're moving to places that tribalize them that's why we're here Uh, that's why that's why
4: arizona to arkansas yep Mm -hmm. wife works at home and mm -hmm. you know
1: we we went off on talking about schools a little bit there but i want to challenge parents you know discipline doesn't always have to be spankings and physical Mm -hmm. you know so like if you're struggling to get through to your kid sit down And just wait and see what happens. Because your kid's going to look at you strange at first. I I guarantee it. The kids who have never had their parents just want to sit and listen and talk with them, they're going to look at you and be like, what's wrong with you? But then it's going to become one of those things to where they're like, oh, okay. I know you're not going to yell at me. I know you're going to help me get through whatever this is. Because I always thought psychology was weird. Um, I was a sociology-minded person, always society. Um, but being in education, I'm starting to realize sometimes it's the psyche of a person. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they're acting out. That's the only way that they know how to express themselves because they've never been allowed to express any other way.
2: I think that Jed mentioned it earlier, that all the kids have different personalities and you raise them all differently. Um, I can think of my children – that strategy would work with some. Some would be perfectly content with that and sit there longer than I could. Right, That's right. Uh-huh. It's, just, it's like you don't say anything. I'm perfectly happy. I don't have <laughs> yeah. to. I don't have to listen to you. I don't have to. I don't have to listen to the quote unquote lecture or whatever. Um, but it is uh, a good plan to kind of. You have to personalize the discipline for each of your children, mm-hmm. and, uh, and we sometimes. I, I should say I, I sometimes uh, would discipline one child this way and it works so well that I go try it on a second child and it just blows up in my face. That's right. (laughs) It just doesn't
1: work. The spankings didn't work for me. Yeah. Did not. (laughs) That's that's the same thing when
4: you deal with people. Yeah, Yeah. it's true. It is. Same thing. You know, I could talk to you a different way than I could talk to him. You know, I can do certain things and they, you know, it'll, It clicks for you and doesn't click for him. You know, there's just different ways. And, you know, the kids are the, you know, different, you know, they're different as well. And, you know, Wyatt, you know, sometimes he needs a good, you know, spanking. Uh, Where Autumn, she's at the age now, you just, you're going to point and, you know, get red faced. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. But, you know, I wanted to bring this up. I saw this in Randy's quotes. And I think this is. A problem that we're having right now with raising kids is don't raise your kids to have more than you had. Raise them to be more than you were. And yep. I hear that a lot with parents right now is I want them to have what I didn't have. So we're us as parents. I'm going to be guilty. I'm I'm guilty of it. Where we spoiled our kids because we gave them everything that we didn't have as kids you know we didn't grow up with money as, as much you know my parents did the best they could you know they worked hard and we didn't have the newest and the newest of everything and you know every time we had got something that was we had to work on it to make it run mm-hmm. you know we couldn't go down there and just go buy a brand new four-wheeler or, or truck or you know whatever and so I I really feel that that's a problem now. Is that that's what we're doing? Is almost spoiling the kids so much because we're giving them everything that we didn't have, so they don't have to work for much. They don't work for anything hardly. Now now they're entitled. Their hand is out and saying, "Well, this is all I know." And I, and I you know we're going to touch on this. We're gonna you know we're going to continue on to that. But I, when I saw that quote, I'm like. And me and Jed has, you know, we've had many discussions about this and how we
2: we spoil our kids too much. Yeah. Well, that goes back to the positive thing that Ray was talking about homeschooling. When you're homeschooling you got a single-parent income – they, you can't buy those things, so,
1: that's right. good. <laughs> so
2: they just don't get them because you can't afford them. <laughs> yep, yep. We,
0: even my wife and I say, Harmony's got a lot of toys, but they're a lot of real small toys. <laughs> she doesn't got a lot of big toys. <laughs> but she, you know, and she doesn't know any different. And, and you know, being that we only have one child and, and that, again, wasn't by choice, but that's just the way it works out. But we, uh, you know, she does get a little bit spoiled. All kids do, I think. Right. You know, right. I mean, that's, we... We can't help it. We love seeing the joy on their faces. You know, I mean, it gives us joy to see them joyful, and so it's so easy to be like. But it's hey, temporary. You want some ice cream? <laughs> yeah, but I think
4: some of those things are temporary. as oh, well. Oh, for sure, you know? for sure. It's, it's temporary, temporary, uh, you know, enjoyment and, mm-hmm. and pleasures, and mm-hmm. and so you know, we kind of, I kind of battle that now, right now, with you know our kids, and you know we they're spoiled. I mean, they don't think they are. You could tell them, you know, Hey, you're spoiled. And they're like, no, we're not,
0: you know, we, you know, cause they always know somebody who's got more than that. Exactly. There's always somebody <laughs> exactly. who's got more and it'll always so, be that way. Yeah. We got to remember third, uh, uh th- third John one, four, I have no greater joy than to hear that. My children are walking in the truth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. And, and honestly yeah. there's that temporary joy of, yeah, I got him a thing. I got him, right. you know, got him a new tablet for Christmas, got him whatever it might be. But, what will bring you eternal joy is seeing them grow up knowing Mm -hmm. god right and being truly godly that that you know i can you can just picture it and it could bring joy to your face right now you know Mm -hmm. to your mind right now just being like if they're in church if they're following the lord and if they you know that's the most important thing they might not be doing everything you want them to they might not be you know following your lead everywhere but if they can at least follow god Mm -hmm you know they're going to be okay.
1: Yep.
2: Yeah, I think it's kind of comical about the the giving kids thing. Some of my our conversations with my older children especially, we call them the, the top half and the bottom half, <laughs> top four and the bottom. But the, the oldest 4 we'll talk a big conversation about a memory where we actually were able to take them out to eat someplace that was that was a big treat for them that was a, um, now they all got water they couldn't get a drink they only got water uh, <laughs> but they have memories of of us being able to take them out one time so they appreciated that it was family time for us mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. yep and i i love that actually that's my daughter's like favorite thing to do is do something with us you know she she you know of course all kids she likes to play video games she likes to watch tv but if at any point I came up and was like, hey, you want to go to the park or you want to play a board game or you want to go out in the backyard and do this and that, she pretty much on hundred percent, 90% of the occasions will drop exactly. What she's, she's like, yeah, let's go do it. So I love that she's still at that age. She likes being hanging out with me. I'm trying to suck up as much of that as I can right now because yeah. I, I know it's going to change. But, but you know, even homeschooling, I know it will change. But at the same time, you know, it, it's I do credit that to the fact that we've Tried to bring her up with the Lord from the very beginning. And uh, and that's something I wish that, you know, nothing against my parents. I just wish that was what they had done better for me. Because I think it would have helped. I really do. So.
4: Yeah. I mean, I was raised in church from small, I don't know, second grade maybe or younger. I I can't even remember. It's been a while. Um. I think for me that, that time it was great because I mean, you know, we learned, we, you know, we learned about God. We, we went to church and we met a lot of, you know, I met a lot of good friends. I don't know why we have to say we, but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I met a lot of good friends and we, I remember lock-ins, you know, at the church and, mm-hmm. you know, um, I was telling Jed today too. It was funny because you you know you dated every girl in the church, you know. But you just remember all those things in the church as a, as a child, and yeah, and it was fun, and you know, and yeah, you know, everyone knows you know the history of you know me kind of, t- you know, going backwards a little bit. But I think it was that great foundation is what brings you back if you if you do backslide. Yep. If you do yep. fall back, you know, now you have that good foundation that, you know, this is where I'm, you know, this is where I'm, we need to be.
0: Right. Well, it's like I but mentioned I in right. last Sunday, you know, I was raised in the church too, but um, again, I did not coin this phrase, I'm just stealing it, but I was raised as a spiritual streaker, because I was given salvation, a mm-hmm. helmet of salvation, that's it, I had nothing else, right? My parents, we went to church on Sundays, yeah, I did youth group, but mm-hmm. I did the lock-ins, I did that type of yep. stuff, but there was... They didn't ever reinforce it at home. We didn't read the Bible at home. We didn't talk about the Bible at home. So, again, all I had on was that helmet of salvation. I had nothing else.
2: I think that's the key. I, I, I think that we, we think as parents, well, we brought our children, yeah. you know, I brought my children to church. I drug them to church. You know, they were Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. It was, they were going to, if we had revival, they were there. Hey, we're going to take care of that. We're going to make sure that they pay attention during worship service. We're going to make sure that if they're in the youth group, they're going to listen to the youth pastor and they're going to pay attention. But then we didn't do that at home. We didn't read the Bible. We didn't really study the Bible. We really didn't get into God's word. We just kind of did godly things um, and churchy things. Uh, but we never really got into the meat of what we're supposed to. And I think that's one of the things that all of us as parents probably have failed to do with our children. I know you're working real hard with, with harmony that we need to be, that should have been a lifelong thing. And I can't, I can't say it was a lifelong thing for me. We, we did a good job for a number of years, but then we let life get busy and get in the way and, put that aside now we're still going to church we're still faithful doing all those things our children made professions of faith i pray that they were all sincere professions of faith and um you know only the lord knows that Mm -hmm. uh uh, but we never really spent time as they got older in the word and i think that's probably the biggest error as a parent that i committed i guess yeah Mm -hmm.
0: Yep, and it's it's one of those things you'll never know. Hindsight twenty twenty, as they say. But and and you know, if we keep doing this long enough, maybe I'll get to tell you how it goes. <laughs> but, but I'm he, hoping it I'm hoping it engenders something different in her. Again, from that idea of that yes, daily daily reading, daily study, talking about it, discussing the topics of it, and even if I can't now, one of the, again one of the other things I've started trying to do more often is if I'm instead of putting my Bible podcast in my headphones and listening to it. It, I'll broadcast it out loud so that everybody who's around me gets to hear it. so harmony hears me listening to these yeah. and she at first I thought it was you know she was just ignoring because she'd be playing her tablet or doing her homework or something like that but then I start hearing her mention things that she's heard yeah. and I'm like okay so it's getting through
2: Oh they multitask very well
1: yeah they do mm-hmm. and if your kids are still at home I mean teenagers older children you know it's not too late to start with no. that. Nope. Um, and and it can always be a simple conversation i know Judge, you do this from time to time with your girls i think is hey what'd you talk about tonight in youth what'd you talk about in sunday school like that's great because a that makes them want to pay attention b if it's something you you question about then you can come to me and be like hey this is what the girl said (laughs) talk to me real quick (laughs) you know and um and I guarantee you'll learn stuff from your kids too. We know yeah. that, you
0: know, yeah. they'll, they'll say, they'll see a verse in a different way than you see it or ask you a question about one. And you're like, you know what? I don't know the answer to that. Let's yeah. figure it out. Absolutely. Let's dive
3: in and do a little study here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: You know, reading when we read Harmony's Bible, she's got her little you know kids' Bible, and it's got totally different little side notes in it than mine does. Does, so.
1: it, does it have the pictures and everything? Uh, it's got some
0: little ones, not uh, big pictures. She Ray, does. That's Ray's Bible. That's yeah, Ray, That's Ray's <laughs> Bible. That she, she, she actually did get the action Bible for uh, for. Uh, gosh what was that it wasn't for christmas she got it a little while ago as a gift but uh,
1: that wasn't the one at baptism was it
0: no no that was different we bought it for her but okay. it was it's like the bible done in a comic book style you know it's so it skips a lot but still she she read that she reads that on but her it's, own she's
1: it's like geared towards that age to yeah. where they can
0: yeah. comprehend it yeah. yeah so she she you know she's got three bibles now and i see her read two of them you know actively you know so it's it's really cool to see Really good. Well,
4: well, I think we'll continue on with this. Yeah, it's probably yeah. Mike. You'll be back, right?
2: Be
1: back next week or next mm-hmm. time. Next
2: time. I'll be more than happy if, okay. you, want me, if awesome. you want me back. All because
4: right. I want to ask you this, and I'm going to have you think on this a little bit, because now we say that, you know, we need to do more for our kids and read the Bible at home. And, you know, they go to church and they go Wednesday night and they do this and they go to summer camps. You know, I've seen sometimes that it's too much that pushes them away because, you know, you see, I mean, you hear the excuses of the kids where, you know, my dad made me do this and made me go to church and made me read the Bible and made me do that. And now you see them as adults and they're like, I don't want anything to do with church anymore because my parents force it on me so much that I want, I don't want anything to do with it. My question to you is, you know, where is that fine line that you're not pushing too much that's going to push them away from God, but it's enough for you building a great foundation for them as as they get older. So I kind of want you to think about that, Mike. You know, I, I think that's what the first question I'd like to start with um on the next podcast. Sure, sure. And where we can decide where we find that fine line.
2: And I'll ponder that answer because I I know that anybody who's got a child that's fixed and leave the home Mm -hmm. have all said that. That's, that's all of, most of my children have used that same line. Right. You know, so I've heard this before. It's not like a, a, it wasn't a new concept that was invented. No. 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 Um, And so. I mean, um, you probably got the answer like this, but. Well, I don't. (laughs) I kind of, um, and. Hopefully, I, and I shared with you, I actually sent messages to all of my adult children to ask for them to send me honest feedback about what I was as a parent, positive and negative, as, as I'm growing up and as, as, as they've grown up as an adult. So uh, just before I came, i texted text them again saying, looking for that stuff. So maybe they can give me some insight that I can share next week. And and I got a
4: list of questions here that I'm going to send over to you too and kind of, you know, just so you can have something to go off of That I think we're
0: going
2: to have some questions. and If it's too tough, I'm not coming back.
0: That's fine. (laughs) That's fine. You can can call a a pass on that. Yeah. And if anybody listening, if you got questions you want us to cover in this, comment, uh, again, shoot shoot an email, DM uh, spiritual debriefing on Instagram or Facebook. And uh, if you know you've got a different thought on any of this, we'd love to see some yeah, comments. That'd be awesome. We'd we'd love to just kind of get some feedback, or if you want to, you know, try to answer that question. I'll keep an eye out for anybody throwing any answers in. We can mm-hmm. maybe even read a few of those. And if you want to be anonymous, just let me know. I won't I won't read names if you don't want me to. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I think it can be. This is a topic that there's no there's no exact answers for any right. of this. Right. Right. You know there's there's that's why there's a million books about it from all different walks mm-hmm. um christian and non-christian and you know you can one book might work great for one kid and one might not work for another and it's yeah it's something that we there's there's no real instruction manual for except for the bible and and that gives you some good guidance but it you know it doesn't give you it doesn't give you those day-to-day little tiny answers
1: all the time so well tune back for part two yeah uh, mike do you mind closing us in prayer sure.
2: Lord and Heavenly Father, we just uh, we just thank you for that we're able to come together and to discuss a topic that is a challenge for all of us as parents, that we certainly don't know the answers other than that we know that the answers are found in your word. Uh, that is our responsibility as parents to stay in the word, to learn and to grow in the word and be able to share it with our children. Um, we're going to experience some challenges as we go through life, Lord, and we're not always going to have the answers. We know that we can get guidance from you, And we just pray that you give us the insight and the Holy Spirit just impress upon us the decisions that we make that will glorify you and to reach our children in the way that um, you will want them to grow and the way we want them to uh, stay close to you as they uh, go on to their adult life. Uh, Just uh, again, thank you for these gentlemen that um, come uh, each week to just share their hearts about uh, spiritual matters. And we just praise you for that. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you for listening to Spiritual Debriefing, a podcast supported by First Baptist Church Hawassi. Please like and subscribe to the podcast so you can be notified when we post new episodes as well as check out our past episodes. We'll be posting new podcasts every other Thursday. You can follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you have questions you'd like us to answer, comments, or feedback on the podcast, please contact us through our social media or email us at dmeadows at Thank you, and we hope God blesses your day.